Welcome back to another episode of the Adaptive Citizens Podcast with your hosts, Ben and Elijah. Today, we have a special guest, a good friend of ours, uh, Daniel Cooper with Bonsai Tactics. Welcome, Daniel. Thank you for coming on the show, dude. Hey, what's going on? Uh, yeah, so uh, thanks for having me. It's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's a long time coming. Yeah, <laughs> we were planning this for a while. Just like everyone else, though, we've we've wanted to have everyone on at once, but we can only do like one person a week at this point. Yeah, so. I think when when we first met, it was actually in this room, except there was uh, no paneling or anything like that just yet. I think there's oh, yeah. maybe like one or two. That's right. Yeah. Jeez, oh, that was a while ago. Yeah, that's yeah. I remember that. It was just you and I. We were just kind of shit, yeah. shit, getting to know one another. And yep. <laughs> Excuse me. Um. Yeah, there you so go, Felicia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad he knows about that. Um, so go ahead and uh, kind of explain who you are, what it is that you do, a little bit of your background. Yeah, so um, it all starts way back when. Uh, no, uh, so growing up, uh, my dad taught Shotokan karate. So grew up doing martial arts and stuff, and uh, which is actually kind of sad because I'm not as good as I should be for doing martial arts my entire life. Like, I'm still just, like, <laughs> mediocre at it, right? Like, I do a couple of things really well, and everything else is just garbage. Um, so, so you're still a white belt? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell anyone. He's like, I just know all the fancy words. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm kind of like, uh, so it, it's a constant theme in my life. It's a, it's a jack-of-all-trades, master of none, mm. because I did Shotokan for a long time, and then... Uh, then I ended up, my, my father stopped teaching, and I didn't really care to do it because it was constantly being shoved in my face. But then when I got to be a teenager, I was like, hey, let's let's finish this. Like, teach me everything you know. He's like, I don't want to. I'm tired of doing this crap. You so had your opportunity. You had it. You lost it. He's like, go see my friend uh, Mike Lee. So I went to Mike Lee, did some Kempo for a little while, and then he was like, well, I'm done doing this too. Like, so go do something else. So and I get pawned off on all my dad's friends. So I like, I did Wing Chun for a little while, but not enough to know any forms or anything like, so I just picked and choose from a lot of their different styles because that's all I was given. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so, so yeah, so I grew up doing martial arts. Um, I grew up in uh, a Calvary Chapel church. And uh, so this, this kind of ties in, but um, so I was a, a youth pastor for a while. Uh, I worked with hospice and uh, just, worked with autistic kids, and uh, I just had a real passion for, for serving people and just doing that type of stuff. And uh, the—you yeah, have guys—okay, so here's another thing that I do that I, I realize when I'm filming <laughs> is I start talking faster than I can breathe. I do that, too. <laughs> and you feel like I'm sitting here. I'm your like, eyes start to like, gloss over, and then you forget the thing that you just said. You're right. like— yeah. <laughs> I, do, I do that. I do that. I'm this, I still do that to this day. Yeah. So let me slow down my story time. So you worked with autistic kids, so like a lot of people like me. Right. You yeah. you worked with us, right? The troubled yeah. children. Um, <laughs> so what got you into doing that? Was that just because you wanted to to help? Or? Um, so I kind of fell into uh, working. So what I was, it was a one on one parent educator. Uh, I had one kid that I would go to uh, all of his classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was uh, f- uh, what is it, freshman in, in high school, and oddly enough, uh, I didn't know it taking the job, but I actually knew the family. Uh, they they went to our church. And uh, stuff, and so that was kind of a cool uh, experience because at that time I was still youth pastoring, still, and so I had a bunch of kids that I knew. So they kind of came in and just took this other kid like under their wing, oh good, and stuff, and and helped him out. And he was high functioning and stuff, so he he did really well. 
Um, and so well, am I. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we all are. Um, but uh, the I, this uh, during this point in my life, I was just working like a dog. So I was mm-hmm. um, I, at this point. I think I was actually assistant youth pastor, so I wasn't full time or anything. Um, I was doing uh, the during the day. Sh- Days I was helping the kid at school, and then in the evenings I was working with uh, elderly and Alzheimer patients mm. um, because I was I just had a little bit of debt that I had to, you know, get paid off, and then I was getting out of my little hometown and going on to bigger and better things. So it's mm-hmm. like just work, get the heck out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really liked working with old people, but the problem is is you get attached to them. Mm. and then they yeah. die. Yeah, <laughs> that's Tiana. Tiana has the same thing. She like loves old people. And it just bothers her when they die, you know? So, yeah. I mean, I, I, anyone that has a heart, I guess it would bother, but like. Yeah, it just oh, takes yeah. an emotional toll on you. You're like, you know what? Screw this. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go deal with like some younger kids or something because they're not dying for a long time. Like. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, so fast forward uh, quite a few years. Um, I worked for the, uh, for a military contractor. I've never been in the, uh, in the army or anything like that. Um, but, uh, as a, we worked for the Department of Army and we x-rayed all the uh, sappy plates. Oh, okay. We did that for like seven years. So we'd get, uh, yeah, so there's, um, there's only two teams in the U.S. There's one fixed location uh, where there's a team constantly. And then the other guys, they, uh, they travel to other bases. They, we ship an x-ray machine to the, the post and then we infill from there. And so, so you're just checking for like inconsistencies or cracks or anything yeah, like they, that? Yeah, uh, what they did is they ended up... Um, We'd run through the x-ray machine just to see if they're cracked and stuff. And then mm. we'd also do uh, what they call tap tests. And here, here's a fun fact for all the listeners. You can tap test if you have an ESAPI to find out if you're getting uh, plate separation from the spall by tapping it. If it, you get a ring, your plate is still good. If it kind of has this dead thud, you might have some delamination happening with your plates. Oh, yeah. yeah. So don't that. only trust the, the expiration date. Yeah. Also, yeah. like if you dropped them off the bed of the truck or something a few times, you might want to check that. Yeah, and then uh, the other thing you can do is what they call a torque test, mm-hmm. which is where you grab like the top left corner, the bottom right corner, and just twist it, and then do the opposite, and you can hear if it uh, if it makes a noise. <laughs> you might want to get some. <laughs> yeah, everyone's bro. gonna be scared to do that too. <laughs> Nobody was, wants that. Yeah, when I was in Alzi training, because we deal with that stuff, they had the X-rays from that and showing that. It doesn't take much to drop to start creating cracks on it. Like they're, and I don't know if it was ESAPI or if it was the older plates, but they're saying that some of them are fairly fragile. That like they'll take the the blunt, but sometimes if you drop them, they can crack fairly easy. Well, yeah. What was really funny is so we had to have a a secret clearance to to do this job and stuff, and it was all like hush hush. It's like we don't talk about the mission. Well, I think mainly it was you don't talk about the X-ray machine because it was mainly proprietary information. Um, oh, but, so like other companies couldn't try and sell yeah. their product mm-hmm. to the military and get a military contract. And yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what it was because we were all like, you know, okay, we don't talk about this. We, you know, we're, we're podunk, you know, nowhere guys who with secret clearances. So we're like, oh, this is, this is real hash hash. All you're doing is checking for cracks. Yeah. But then, <laughs> but, but then, but then uh, what was it? What was the second Batman movie with Christian Bale uh, with uh, Heath Ledger? The Dark Knight? Yeah, The Dark Knight. So then one day, like, me and my buddies were watching The uh, the Dark Knight Rises uh, mm-hmm. with um, the special features. And they're talking about, like, Batman tech. And they're like, what about armor, like Batman? And it's like, well, this here at Ceridine Systems, I'm like, those are the plates we actually. They're like, this is how we make them. And this is what they do. And we're like, holy crap. Like, this is, 
Like, this is all the stuff we're told not to talk about, and it's on the special features DVD of Batman. Yeah. <laughs> and all your thing is like, this is not top secret. <laughs> yeah. I learned more watching that video, though, from than from any of our actual training. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's funny. So... Uh, what? So why did you transition out of doing that? Yeah. So the cool thing about working for being a contractor for the government is you, the longer you work for the government as a contractor, the less money you make, because every two to three years your contract would go up for bid, and oh. it would always go to the lowest bidder. Mm. So like when I started this, I, you know, early twenties, I'm like, oh man, I'm making like, you know, fifty thousand dollars a year, and back in two thousand and what was it 2009 2010 that was, that was some that was some good money yeah and then you're like oh we got we got picked up again but now you make forty eight thousand. uh now you get forty three thousand. <laughs> you're like, like you're going the wrong way <laughs> like, oh no yeah and literally a monkey could do the job i i'm thoroughly convinced i could convince or i can convince i could teach a monkey to do that job mm-hmm. uh, because it was just let the machine do its thing and then you put a sticker on it <laughs> um, but anyway, so I was like, well, I can't, I can't do this. So I, I looked into, uh, to getting out. Uh, so I, I applied for, uh, an agency, a police department in, uh, in the Reno area and got picked up, um, which is, which is sad because I didn't go all the way with that. I, I worked for them for, with, for about a year and just realized my, my little brain could not handle radio traffic, unfortunately. Mm, yeah. So Why? Um, is it just like too much? Yeah. So like, uh, so it was a smaller agency and I thought that, um, being with a smaller agency, I was like, oh, okay, this will be cool. And then once I got on, they're like, well, no, we, we cover Reno calls too. So you got to listen to our channel, South Reno and North Reno. And, uh, I was Dang. like, okay, cool. <laughs> and tr- truth be told, if I had stuck with it, I probably would have been fine. I think I, we had just had, um, a kid not too long ago and so it was that switching into a career um the we actually signed uh, me and my partner signed uh, our contracts to get on the same day that the uh was it the texas snipers shot and killed all those cops oh you're talking the, about that army vet in dallas yeah and then they they sent the robot up to handle business yeah with the c4 <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were watching that standing in the, the precinct signing papers and stuff. So so I tell people, I'm like, I have, like, this much, like, copying experience. It was enough to, like, be like, oh, okay, so this is what we do. But not enough to be like, let's go kick in some doors and, yeah. like, arrest people. The closest oh. I ever got was a couple ride-alongs. That's about it. Right? Yeah, I haven't done that yet. Yeah, it was funny, too, because my first ride-along, I was, like, 18. And it was with this really small town cop. You know, I think it was, it was, it was just like out here, you know, they just have the sheriff's office. Um, and they like borrow guys from Washington County and stuff is at least where I was. And I remember that the cop that I was with, his name was officer Jacobson and he was a funny ass dude. He was funny. Um, and I was like, I don't really know what I want to do. Like, I'm kind of interested in being a cop, like definitely not going in the military. Like I thought about it, but no, nah, I'd rather stay like closer to home. And he's like, oh, yeah, this is kind of a good alternative for that, especially starting out in, like, a small town like this. You might like it. And so we go out on the ride along and, like, first call, you know, we show up and there's these two people that work together. They're both married to someone else and they're sleeping together in the car. And we roll up. He's like, oh, first 10 minutes on the job, you can see some titties. <laughs> and he's like, no, seriously, just stay in the car. I'm going to go handle this. <laughs> okay, so, since you mentioned titties, uh, I have, I have oh. so one of the, the things that happened to me while I was 
this is probably the funniest thing that happened to me while I was on um, PTO. Uh, anyway, I had my my my, office, my PTO officer with us, and we see this like vagrant, and he's sitting and facing a fence, and there's like a hotel place like behind there or whatever. And this is one of the, our properties that we have to patrol. Um, anyway, he's like he's like well, let's go let's go out on this guy. I'm like okay, so we call him over. He's like hey come here come here and stuff, and he's like starts talking to this guy and this guy is like baked out of his mind and he's just holding a bag of bread like (laughs) he just has a bag of bread and you can tell he's just like sitting there eating from this bag of bread and it's not like a loaf like a solid loaf this is like sliced bread and he's just picking at it and um been there so (laughs) (laughs) so uh i try to like i try to like interject and except uh emmons emmons is like he's once he realizes he doesn't want to deal with somebody, he doesn't want to deal with somebody. So he's trying to end this confrontation, like, as soon as possible. He thought he would have something, but, like, this dude is, like, baked out of his mind, and he's like, I'm not going to deal with this. So he starts trying to in- wrap this thing up really quick. And I'm trying to interject. I'm like, hey, like, um, did you uh... – and he's like, he's like, he waves me off. Like, like sh- shut up. Like, let's get out of here. So I'm like, okay, like, how I, – I, he clearly has to see this going on. Anyway, so we get in the car, and he goes, he's like, oh, anyway, so what did you take away from that, in- that, that that interaction with that individual? I was like, well, other than his wiener was hanging out of the front of his pants, like nothing. And he's like, he's like, wait, what? I was like, yeah, the dude was just like fully exposed. I kept on trying to tell you. He was like, turn around. We got to go fix it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jeez. I'm like, well. That was exciting. Well, the, the, the end of that. Sorry, go ahead, Ben. I'll, I'll I was going to say. So when you were, so when you were like, was it a full time thing or like for what you were the cop thing? Was it like a career change? Yeah, it was a career change. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah. So you did. So but you did for like what a, a year or a year and a half. Um, or how long did you do it for? So I, I oh, this is so embarrassing. So I didn't make it through PTO. I bowed out because I was afraid that um, like my officer safety was good. Like I got good stuff with that but it was literally like i could not keep up with radio traffic and figure out what the hell was going on so in, in my area what's pto so pto is a patrol uh patrol training officer so okay you're, you're so you, that's after you pass post and yeah. all that stuff and then you have to have like one year or at least i think some places it's one year or six months is six months of driving with like a veteran like yeah. you, you're like in the vehicle with them. They're kind of like a partner, but they're like shadowing you and like you get some insight from them, but they're mainly like scoring you and going back to the sergeant and be like, yeah, he's kind of a fuck up or he's like really good. And so high stress through that until you're on your own. And so is that kind of what it was yeah, like? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So, okay. and, um, yeah, there, there are some things that, that happened, not with me, but with, uh, my, my buddy that happened where it's like, okay, that was kind of interesting. Uh, well, we'll talk more uh, not on the podcast about it because I don't want to die. Just shady out. shit. It, kind of. It wasn't like anything like that was like wrong or that would get anybody in trouble. Mm-hmm. It was just there was like some major favoritism mm-hmm. between the two of us, um, which he's my friend. Like I, he's gone on to do some amazing things, and I'm really happy for him. But like some of the things that he had to do for his last week of PTO and some of the things that I did, I got into a lot more crap during my last week. And uh, at the end, they're like, yeah, you're kind of not really doing really good. I'm like, I just did a bunch of stuff. And I know what you and my buddy did like all week long. <laughs> like, yeah. And it wasn't work. Yeah. 
So yeah, that's the big thing with the military. That was like for uh, getting promotions and stuff. It was there there's was, a lot of favoritism. Oh, all the time. You had to be in the cliques or, you know, being buddies with people. You saw it like with female soldiers too that oh, they geez. would promote them just because they were girls. Right. So no, I totally get that. That's big reason why I got out because I'd rather my merits and what I did is what promoted me, not you know who I knew. Right. Yeah. And, and the reason why I do mention the, the cop stuff isn't because of like, oh, this is where I teach from. I have like some experience. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Shit, man. Um, but what, what it did kind of show me was living in Reno. I was like, wow, like this place is like a giant dumpster fire just like waiting. You know, it's just it's just Reno. <laughs> like, God, imagine how like Vegas is. Oh, it's got to be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but what it did show me was just like that. I did not want to live in Reno anymore. Yeah, the dude. Population fuck that. started getting really big, um, so we already had uh, friends and family who moved up to uh, to Boise, and so I kind of got hoodwinked into coming up to uh, to to Boise because. And I'm just going to make up numbers here, but I was like, "What's the?" Talking to my wife, I'm like, "What's the population of Reno?" And at this time, it was like I don't know, like fifty-seven thousand or something like that. So I was like, "Okay, well, what's the uh, the population of uh, of Boise?" Not that. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, and so it was It was actually less. Whatever the number was, I just remember it was less because I didn't know any better, and I just Googled Boise <laughs> and didn't take into a – so then we move up here. I'm like, oh, there's only half – like there's half the amount of people in Boise. Let's go to Boise. Yeah. No, you got to take into account the whole Treasure Valley, mm-hmm. and there's yeah. like over 100,000 people here. Mm, a lot more know, than that now. Do you know how much there is in Boise right now? No. Just in like the Boise like area? Seven hundred and fifty thousand. Jeez. That's yeah. How much is, that's not including Meridian or anything else. It's just Boise. Like Reno's exploded too, but still. Like, in the last five years, Idaho has increased in size significantly, yeah, and like population. In the least. last what two or three years, uh, the Treasure Valley is one of the number one, like top five of the moving places to move. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, well, and they've been f- frantically trying to expand these fucking roads oh, on the dude. interstate on I-84, dude. <laughs> Woo, like, oh. since I've been here, they were, like, doing – but they're popping these things up fast. Like, new apartments. Like, CUNA dude. is no longer CUNA anymore. CUNA is now fucking Boise. Oh, it's um, it's nuts. And, every, and they're trying to do the same thing here. I actually went to the board meeting or town hall meeting or whatever and I actually spoke on record uh, – against new development here where were you like are elijah darmody come up and you're like fuck this shit <laughs> yeah literally i was like because at that point by the time i got up there because they were going in reverse okay. so like d is my last name so i was like one of the last people to go and everyone else so like the way it works is if you can raise your hand and say i'm not for it but unless you're on record speaking against it yeah. it doesn't count that's weird for a vote right yeah and so I feel, I mean, so this is a little tidbit about me. I, I hate, this isn't about me. This podcast is not about me, but I'm going to throw this out there. I'm a huge proponent for like being involved in your community. Yeah. And so this is a situation, this is an ongoing situation where they're trying to use these out of state developers to mm-hmm. develop on New Plymouth land. And like, well, it's just open land. We have the right to develop on it. It's like, just because it's fucking open doesn't mean you should take the land. Let's make it a park for the kids. <laughs> like, have you seen the park here? That's a fucking death trap. Like they got metal bars and shit hanging off. Like fix that. Let's not put in <laughs> rebar sticks or like sticking 500, up the ground. Like, like why are we worried about putting in 500 more fucking homes 
Yeah. You know, that's not, it's a build, they come kind of thing. Yeah, they're and not so, looking at the community. They're no, looking at dollar signs. No, we can't, our infrastructure within this community, just the water alone, cannot supply that to 500 more people. We don't have enough water. Yeah. So just look at Cuno, look at Emmett, look at all these other places that are just overflowing with people that are just like running out of water. And this is one of the main like agricultural areas of Idaho as New Plymouth and, and Payette County. And now you want to just like add more houses. You're just pushing out farmers more. And so anyways, my wife has gone to this meeting. The first time they came up with it, she was one of the people to talk. This time she stayed home with the kid and I went. Yeah. And so I went up there. And by the time I got up there, everyone had already talked about, you know, the schools can't handle it. We Where are we going to put new schools in? Like this year alone, the, the local school took 90 more kids than they were expecting. They Jesus. weren't 90. Yeah. Out of nowhere, like day, day one of school, they're like 90 more kids that were not supposed to be here are here. And then they had to do like an emergency thing where they had to ask for like $430,000 uh, additional yeah. in order to fund those kids to be educated at that school. And, those and so they're already stare into the abyss. Yeah. yeah. Just like, oh my. yeah so the the schools kids. can't handle it. The, our, our water supply can't handle it. sewage, all of that stuff. Like we just can't. And yeah. like, even like, uh, the roads. They can't even take care of the fucking roads as it is out here. The roads out here suck. And so it's just it's oh, just yeah, bad. I, yeah. So I get up there and I was just like, yeah, I'm pretty much just here to echo the voices of every everyone else that has already spoken. And I was like, but one thing uh, <laughs> nobody else has <laughs> talked about is um, like I'm one of those people that have come here from a place like this. A place that you were trying – the place you're trying to build here is a place that I've come from. And that's exactly why I came here was to keep it the way it was. I bought a house that had already existed here. It wasn't a brand new home. Yeah. I bought a used home. I wanted to stay in a small town and keep it a small town and give back to the small town. Like I've never taken anything from this, ta this town. I've actually given back to this town more than it's – than I've taken. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that should be the attitude of everyone. And everyone that was there was like, yeah, that's kind of the attitude is like, you either put into this community or you leave. Um, and I essentially was just like, I came from Portland and everyone was like, Ooh, <laughs> and I was just like, and that's why I'm here is because I'm not Portland material. Like we don't want that to be new Plymouth. We yeah. don't want that to be this small town. We want it to stay New Plymouth. And if you add 10 more homes, it's no longer New Plymouth. Like 10 more homes means a minimum of three people per household. Yeah. That means maybe at least 10 more kids going to that school. And I think it's it's possible. I think and since you have a small community, I think they just need to start doing some foresight of like, hey, let's like build the infrastructure so we can do this and just yeah. be more smart about it instead of just going – we could build these houses and make more money. Right. Exactly. And so this that place, ever, I was standing the whole time. That place was packed. Everyone was there. There was The only person that was in favor of it was the developer. Everyone else was like, nah. Just out of curiosity, uh, was Stu there? Stu? No. 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 I haven't heard from him in a while, so I was like, I haven't either. Um, but – Anyways, Tiana's going to go. She just went and talked to them because they have two seats available on the uh, board of directors or whatever. Ooh. Or, or not, I don't know if that's the right term. Uh, she's going to be something for the city. Ooh, you should, like, have her dress up as, like, a judge, but the old-timey, like, wig and like, <laughs> just have her show up and be like, why aren't you guys in uniform? You'd be surprised, like, how just casual people dress yeah. at least, at least out here because this isn't fucking Seattle, but – yeah, so it's pretty cool. My wife's going to actually do it. Well, she's going to interview for it. Nice. So 
she wants to get involved more and that's something that she likes doing administrative I mean, stuff and it's better than just sitting in your house and bitching about it well exactly and so we go to these meetings and stuff and we also own a business and we're trying to you know put into the community the best we can you know we've we've developed essentially two businesses within the yeah the the city of new plymouth which is a very small city and so if we can also get involved more with just like the rules and what's allowed and What's coming? We're gonna get all the the inside scoop of everything. Oh Slowly you know becoming what I mean? a politician. Just... <laughs> hey, hey, uh, I Elijah Darby for mayor. Think about it. Think about it. Just saying. You want a based mayor? Just saying. There you go. No, he's gonna be. Uh, he's gonna be the next uh, Dutton. Yeah. No. Uh, but I I feel like it's important. Like whether it's through like police work, you know, fire department, EMT. Um, your fucking post office, whatever. In some way, shape, or form, you should be involved in your community. Uh, my entire business is community-oriented. But also, on top of that, like, I could do more. Like, and I'm looking, like, I'm looking 15, 20 years down the road. Yeah. Apart from this, you know, this this whole process should be running itself down the road. But, like, what am I going to do when I'm older, you know? What if? I don't know. I'm not interested in politics. I fucking hate politics. But that's one of those reasons why it's like, maybe I should get into it. But who knows? I just want to fuck off and build hot rods. I just want to fuck off and live in the woods. I just don't want to be in a van down by the river. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's my life goal right now. I just want to still be living, taking care of my kids, (laughs) and not be at like some dead end job. Uh, But I feel like it's it sucks because we live in such a good state, you know. And I'm over here like, oh, don't come here. But I'm telling everyone this is the best place to live, you know. And it's compared. I've lived everywhere off the West Coast. Every single state, and it fucking sucks. Well, there's three, so. Well, <laughs> a lot of people don't move from one state their entire life. This is true. So I've, true. I've tried three different states apart from Idaho. Which I've been to other states too, but. Those three states are beautiful. Like, yeah. It's just beautiful If you just area. took the people away yeah. and the politics away <laughs> and like, just left the land, you'd be like, wow, this is really nice. Because you get rid of the people, you get rid of the politics. The smog would also disappear. You know, I'm not a fan of California. Not even the the anything beyond Northern California is shit to me. Yeah. I mean, I've been to South California. I've been to the beaches and stuff. So just out of curiosity, circling back. Um, so you mentioned you're so you went from Reno to here. Yeah. Yeah. So how is that for you? Like, did it like okay? Other than the population, how was it? Because I know that Reno, I'm trying to remember, is fairly. It's like. Vegas, as far as like the urban jungle, like a, a little bit. Once you get into uh, to downtown Reno, but so um, yeah. So one of the reasons, what am I saying? I, I'm, I'm trying to get back with what Elijah was saying. Like the traffic, the traffic sucks in Boise. Like that's the yeah. biggest difference I feel like between Reno and Boise is the traffic. So really? Reno, Reno is awesome. I love Reno for their their infrastructure of. So you have uh, 395 runs uh, right through the middle of Reno, north to south. 80 runs right through the middle of Reno, going east to west. Okay. And then you have McCarran that goes around Reno. And then the two major shopping centers, which is in Sparks, right at the end of 80, and the other s- section of like high-end shopping is at South Reno. And they built a bypass that goes right from sparks down to south reno and so you can get there if it's not like rush hour traffic you can get mm-hmm. anywhere in reno in like 15 to 20 minutes 
See, and Boise to me coming from Portland is nothing compared to Portland. Like Portland yeah. traffic is the absolute worst. And the whole time you're looking left or right, hoping a bum doesn't come and break your fucking window <laughs> and steal something. Like, because you know, there was one time because I've always heard like LA traffic. They're like, oh, it's so bad, yeah. dude. The no joke. Like, if you want to get to LA during any any time during the day, it doesn't matter what time of day, as long as the sun is out, dude. It's just slow, and it's like they've got like eight lane freeways yeah. right? going from yeah. like Palmdale down to LA because we went um, right before we got married <clears throat> we went down to the fashion district to get Felicia a dress mm-hmm. and dude that was horrible and I even saw like when they were they're like oh it's so dirty and it was definitely interesting to see it firsthand but like that was one of the things that so in the fashion district's like either places that are looking to have these small little companies build you stuff or they have you know, dresses or whatever it is. But mm-hmm. the one thing I noticed, there was trash everywhere. And I'm in my natural instincts, like, oh, I'm going to pick this up and throw it away. And then I look around, there's no trash cans. Nope. You can't, you, you could even pick one up. And then, which is, which made me appreciate Boise. If you go to Boise, it's fairly clean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there's trash cans everywhere. Yeah. You know, like we actually care. So it was interesting in that aspect. But yeah. Yeah. You know. now, and, and that's why I don't live in. The Boise area, why we moved up here toward Payette, was because I was like, I told my wife, I'm like, I can't handle this traffic. I'm gonna, I'm gonna run some out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's weird too, because like even going from Payette to Ontario, like the traffic changes. Mm-hmm. It gets more congested. You mm-hmm. get that Oregon vibe of just shit people. <laughs> it's just like I'm salty about Oregon, dude. <laughs> just the driving is horrible. The the attitudes suck. It's just too many people, in my opinion. Yeah. I don't like people that much. No, it's and we're we're in Oregon for now, and you know, like we, we're trying to build what we can if, for the community and the community and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But it's it's really hard because just like the drug population mm-hmm. in that town is so predominant. And I watch people like walk through our little parking lot, and you're like, <laughs> they're just like looking through our windows and stuff. It's like, hi. <laughs> Keep those doors locked. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, well, I had a so there was a, a something happened. Somebody got broke into something, and the cops came to my house because we have security cameras and stuff. And they're like, "Hey, do, can we get like a copy of your, your cameras and stuff?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." Well, they had knocked on the door. It was like eight o'clock at night or something like that. And so, I'm, like within arm's reach, I have a suppressed pistol. And I'm like, "Hey, just so you know," and I'm like showing my hands. I'm like, "I have a suppressed pistol right here." So like when I go to get this. You know, flash drive for you, and you see this. Don't freak out, okay? And they're like, they're like, it's nine o'clock at night in Ontario. You should have a suppressed pistol. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you know what? Based. Be, yeah, Based. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good response. I'm like, I'm like, okay, cool. Um, so yeah, so we ended up uh, up here. Um, so that's what got us here, right? Mm. Um, so bonsai tactics so um you wouldn't know it by looking at me because i'm like almost six foot white blue eyes dark hair i'm a quarter japanese like i grew up in kind of a japanese home my grandma's from yokohama japan uh we just celebrated her 90th birthday this year um but like like that was the culture is like you know my father did martial arts and um as much as my mom gets a bit out of shape because she's like, you're also Portuguese. You know that, right? I'm like, yeah, but we don't talk about that. So that cool. my family too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but we, t- we like, I'm Spanish and Irish and we don't celebrate nothing. 
from either side. Like, I'm American. Yeah, I'm like, exactly. yeah, but we weren't eating Portuguese dishes. We were eating tempanyaki and sukiyaki and this and that growing up. So it's way cooler. I know, right? But what was funny is, so growing up in a small town, like, you know, people know me, so they know that I'm I'm Japanese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then you go to a city and you make friends with Asians, and they're like, "What the hell's wrong with you, round eye? Like, why, why you, this is like appropriation right now." I'm like, "No, no, no, it's cool. I'm one of you." <laughs> so your last name's Cooper. Cooper. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but my dad's so yeah. Uh, funny story about my parents. Uh, so my dad's name oh. is uh, is Doe. Nice catch. Thank you. Dude. It was that Japanese it's in you. Ah. <laughs> it's sugar-free, so it won't stick you. Oh, that's good. I don't care. It's your fucking table. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you got yeah. protected by our USCCA covers. <laughs> <laughs> Official partners. <laughs> the show is not sponsored by anybody. But you could sponsor us. Yes. Pay me. I will okay. take your money. Uh, your story. Oh, yeah. So so my dad's name was Doe. Okay. D-O-A-E. Okay. And what was funny is one day my, he was talking to my grandmother. He's like, is that like, a, that's a Japanese name, right? And she's like, oh, yeah. He's like, how common is it? She's like, oh, it's not common at all. <laughs> it's like, wait, you gave me a rare Japanese name living in America? She's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, so that's kind of where, where Bonsai Tactics comes from. It's kind of reaching back into the... the uh, my heritage and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And so bonsai, um, you know, we, we know it from like Karate Kid and the, uh, you know, if you watch Iwo Jima, that's what the guys would cry before they blew themselves up. And uh, so translated from what I understand, it means like long live the emperor or a thousand years. And essentially what it means is like to, to sacrifice in something of a bigger, a greater cause, right? A law snack bar. Yep, exactly. Like yep. <laughs> Except it's way cooler. Uh, <laughs> Except it's way cooler. <laughs> That's racist. Oh I'm my god. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so you know that was. I was like, oh, that, that's kind of cool. Like bonsai tactics. Like and the more I thought about it, it's like, yeah, like I. As horrible as it sounds, like so these guys blew themselves up in Iwo Jima, right? Because they were losing. It was like. And they'd run into caves and kill themselves trying to take out some some enemies, right? And I'm like, you know what though? If if that's what it took to win to save your family, like, yeah, like you sacrifice yourself so that way others can live. Mm-hmm. What makes know? sense? Like bonsai for the greater good. So you're teaching essentially self defense. So you're protecting yourself for your family for the greater good. Mm-hmm. Well, they know. fucking lost. So they no, did. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I have jokes about that so that I've saying, heard from other Japanese two people. World Wars. Like, I, I, I cannot be associated with these things, so I'll tell you about the uh, So don't get in fight with nuclear bombs. Yes. Right. <laughs> we got a record for that. Uh, so I'm sorry, on. Daniel. Go, go back. Oh no! Like I, I, like I said, I have rebuttals. Just nothing that I put on social media. <laughs> um. But yeah, so uh, so that's how you came up with the name. That's how I came up with the name, and then kind of backtracking again. So on my mother's side, um, my grandfather served, um, and uh, in Vietnam, I believe, mm. toward the, the end of that. Uh, but anyway, so he was uh, medically retired, and like all, so he passed away when I was six. But this is the two things that I know about my grandfather. The three is he shot a lot, and he raced RC cars. And he rode motorcycles. Hmm. So when I say that he shot a lot, I mean, like, we threw away, like, 
buckets of uh, NRA like uh, silhouette target medals that he had won. Mm. Oh, wow. Because so when he was medically retired, because he wasn't like disabled or anything, I don't know why they medically retired him. I, I never looked into it. But from what I understand, he was divorced from my grandmother, living in an RV, collecting like $3,000 a month back in like 1970 and 1980. Sure. So he's just like, he <laughs> and he just bought guns, motorcycles, and RC cars. Like, and so he just would do a circuit. Like he would go to all these different matches and just travel and just shoot. Nice. When he, when he passed away, there was literally a, um, uh, what do they call it? You, a storage unit. Yeah. Full mm. of guns. I was just going to say, like, that's one of the guys' storage units you want to come up on. Right. You know, like, that's why auctions exist. Right. No, literally, <laughs> that, that's what it was. And um, sadly enough, my my, the, uh, my my mom and my uncles and my aunt, like, they all, like, got a gun and stuff. And then they just, they, they weren't really huge gun people. So they mm. got sold off. Um, but, yeah, just... So many guns, so many guns. It makes me sick to think about now. Um, but like, yeah, there was just boxes of ammo and stuff that we got. Um, anyway, I, I digress. But yeah, so he was a shooter and uh, he actually died of a heart attack on the range shooting a match um, while on a motorcycle ride. So it was like Jeez. they were doing like this ride and they were went to a match somewhere and that's where he ended up passing away. So. Dude died happy, riding motorcycles Dude, and shooting no guns. Shit. That's awesome. That's yeah. a great way to go. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not awesome that he's dead, but I mean, it's like it's all, no. that's that's what all of us want. Yeah, if you have to go, yeah. like, it, let it let it be doing in the defense of others or something I love doing. Mm -hmm. That's well, it. I mean, like Ken Block recently. I mean, he was yeah. out snowmobiling and doing what died he loved. Yeah, doing what he did. I guarantee he was filming a video too. Oh yeah, guarantee it. Oh no, they have clips like up almost up until he died. Really? Yeah, I so, didn't see any of that. Yeah, it's him just ripping through the don't the doubt snow it plow and yeah. Yeah. But it's like Ken Block wouldn't have wanted it any other way. And any no. other man that like does stuff like we were just talking last last podcast with Eddie about like men doing things that scare them. It's important. And that's generally one of our hobbies consists of that. Yeah. And I feel like that's we do that because we know that we could die doing it. We enjoyed it. It makes you, know? you think of uh, the end of uh, Tombstone when Doc Holliday's in bed and he looks at his feet and he's like, I'll be damned. <laughs> I don't remember that part. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just right. It's the last scene that uh, that he's in and he's looking at his toes and he goes, I'll be damned because he didn't die with his boots on. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. He's the one that's like super sick. sick yeah. yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So old movie. But yeah, Good so movie. so that's where uh, I started. Like, the, so shooting has, has kind of grown up. With that being uh, the thing, my mom taught me how to shoot, really. Wow. Uh, just just mm. basic, like, you know, this is how you line up the sights and stuff. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so we, we grew up around guns and stuff like that. And then um, I've, and I was just obsessed with shooting. So as soon as I was able to go shooting by myself, like, I was out. Like, bought a uh, – first gun I ever bought was a uh, – the USP? The USP. Ugh. That's right. Is that because of Call of Duty? No, no. it's because of Metal Gear Solid. Yep. Oh. <laughs> Gotta get okay. straight. All right. Whatever. Different it would have been the SOCOM, but that's way more expensive. <laughs> that's right. But yeah, so uh, so I ended up getting a USP and just started going out to the desert. And what was funny is so I had like a lot of my grandfather's old stuff. I didn't know what it was or how to really use it, but he had a shot timer. So oh, I would okay. just buzz myself. I didn't even know like what I was doing with that. I was just like, when it buzzes, I shoot things. <laughs> And uh, so, yeah, so I did that for a long time, just being up, just trying to shoot stuff. 
And finally, I moved to Reno, and somebody introduced me to, uh, they're like, hey, there's this USPSA thing. And I was like, okay, cool. So I went to that, and uh, that just, I just remember the buzzer beeped. I instantly got cotton mouth. Uh, I walked the whole thing, and then when I was done, they're like, okay, you missed this whole area of targets over here, and uh, you did this. And I'm like, okay, like, I suck. <laughs> <laughs> and from there, I was, I was pretty much hooked. Um, but and what was kind of interesting is the guys there were really friendly, but at the same time, maybe not as, uh, as welcoming as they, they normally would be because a lot of people come into the sport mm-hmm. and then they're like all gung ho and then you don't see them. They just bounce out. So yeah. people don't want to sit there regurgitating all this vile information if you're not going to be around to use it. So I ended up shooting consistently enough that there was a, a guy there named, uh, Shin Tanaka and, uh, Shin is, um, Shin is actually very popular in, in some fields, so I guess it's a little bit of a name drop. But Shin translated the uh, the Magpul DVDs into Japanese. Yeah, you're telling me about that. Yeah. He also was one of the first guys who uh, started Recoil Magazine as a photographer and uh, works uh, or used to work for the uh, Ames Magazine, which is an airsoft mm-hmm. magazine in Japan. But the dude, man, he's a phenomenal shooter. And more than anything, he taught me how to practice and how to shoot showed me how to like, this is what split times are. This is why they're important. And I remember the first couple times we went out, he had a, uh, the same, uh, fold up steel that I have a six inch steel. Mm-hmm. And he's like, draw and fire one round at that. And I could do it f- kind of consistently. He's like, okay. He's like, we're not doing anything else until you can consistently do this because we're wasting our time otherwise. So you keep doing that. I'm going to go do something else. It was very, oh, it was very like Mr. Miyagi. I was just going to say, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Daniel son, wax on. Well, they, him and uh, James Ong would tell, would uh, say stuff like this. Like, well, just see what you need to see. What, what does that mean? <laughs> just see what you need to see. And essentially, with, for those of you listening, what they're talking about is you don't need to have a perfect sight picture to, to get good, effective hits on target. You just mm-hmm. need to have an acceptable sight picture and mm-hmm. to learn what that looks like and stuff. And, but, but that's what I got. I go, you just need to see what you need to see. It's like, all right, well, what if, what, why do I have these watermelons on my feet? It's like, I don't remember telling you to do that. So, it's a mystery men reference. <laughs> Okay, so, all right, so we figured out the name, what kind of inspired you to do it, oh, yeah. who taught you how to shoot. Um, so what is, now that it Bonsai Tactics yeah. is a thing, what's your, like, main goal with it? What are you trying to do? So, yeah, so going back um, to, like, martial arts and stuff. So I've, I've taken classes, mm-hmm. uh, shooting classes and stuff, and I remember just kind of being very disappointed with what I got mm-hmm. because um, – I'd watch the Magpul DVDs. I'm like, you just told me what the Magpul DVDs told me, right? <laughs> um, and so I kind of was like, if I just practice what those, I would have been able to do really well in this class. Um, and so I didn't get like any real good critiques or like a lot of reps out of this this class. It was like, here's the, the drill, do the drill. You did okay at the drill. Maybe do it one more time. Eh, it was all right. Moving on. And so I was like, well, how can people learn how to, to sh- how can people actually learn how to shoot better if you're not shooting competitively all the time and doing this stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's uh, going back to Shen talking about, he told me, he's like, get an airsoft pistol, start working with that, you know, that's the way you're going to get better. And I did, and I got better. 
So looking at wanting to teach classes, wanting to make better shooters, um, I kind of formulated this idea that I was like, well, what if you used Airsoft to hold a weekly class so that people could, you know, become memberships like a martial arts, like a dojo, and they come once a week and get better. And uh, so we started trying to, like, formulate that idea. We bought a building, um, invested in some, uh, some Airsoft with the uh, Tokyo Marui and the Umarex clocks, and, uh, which almost came to a screeching halt because the Umarex clocks Although they are accurate, you cannot adjust the sights to get a accurate point of aim, point of impact. Mm-hmm. And so I had to, uh, fortunately, their, uh, all their specs do kind of work with some Glock uh, components. <clears throat> so I was able to buy the, uh, the Glock adjustable rear sights, um, do some filing, some finagling, get them on the guns, and able to get them to be point of aim, point of impact. And uh, so, yeah, so that's that's kind of like part of what we do. We do um, this, this what I call progressive pistol one. So that way new shooters can come in, learn the fundamentals. And, you know, I've, I've seen some really crazy stuff that people do with guns. And at the same time, it's like, okay, well, it's a good thing that that was airsoft because someone might be dead. Like, Oh, yeah. I have people coming into the shop. They'll bring over firearms and every time – you know, they're like, can I bring this in? I'm like, yeah, just make sure it's unloaded. So I will, if they don't do it, I'll take it from them and pull the mag, check the chamber. and like, okay. Because I had um, I had one dude that came in and was trying to explain to me that he was taught by SEALs. And I was already like, oh, mm. okay. And he was doing like, wow. yeah, this guy told, oh, no. You guys like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you got you to gotta crouch down because, you know, they're not going to expect you to do that. And then, you know, do the little, little. That brown thing. And I'm just like, okay. And he flagged me like four times. I'm like, all right, man, you put that back because clearly, you know, you don't know how to like not aim that at me. But, oh, yeah, I've, I'm sure it's even worse because people don't – they probably look at an airsoft and go like, oh, no, it's not going to hurt anybody. And they're not like treating it as, you know, a real firearm. Right. Fortunately, I don't actually have uh, – I really don't have that problem because of the – the lecture that I give at the beginning mm. of the class. I'm like, hey, you guys, you know, you're paying me to be here. Uh, you know, we are treating these as if they're real weapons because as soon as we we treat them as if they're toys, we we lose credibility and we lose the purpose that we're getting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what's funny is like some people are like, well, that's airsoft. It's like, look, nobody was ever like, I would have learned how to use a sword in martial arts. And they're like, well, here's a razor sharp katana. Just start swinging this thing around. <laughs> like, here's a stick, man. Like, don't bludgeon yourself to death, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once we can trust you with this stick, we'll give you something different. So do you do live fire training with your students? Uh, yeah. Okay. So we've, we've had one live fire class. Um, we're looking to expand to do a lot more. It was just mainly, um, I had posted a couple of things to try and get one going, but at that time we were just too new to really get any traction from it. Mm-hmm. So I figured I'd just mainly really focus on getting, you know, Airsoft going, getting people trained up. Uh, it's, it's been really good. Um, and then once that kind of becomes a little bit more consistent, start branching out to live fire. What I want to do is start having um, like a, an alumni class. So if you've taken the Progressive Pistol one, you know, maybe, you know, once a quarter, we, we, just come out to the range for free and we just confirm everything that you were practicing in class and see if you've been keeping up with your training and stuff just mm-hmm. to, you know, show you that, hey, this stuff actually translates into live fire. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think stuff like that's good. Like even, like even for me, so this year, 
I'm focusing primarily on pistol related training mm-hmm. for myself specifically. So whether it's like USPSA type stuff or like the classes that I'm taking, it's all mainly focusing on pistol. Even the certifications we're getting, it's, it's pistol related. Well, it's the hard, one of the hardest out of like, you know, pistol or rifle. Well, and I've taken basic classes and then I've taken a little more advanced classes and then I've like, you know, done all these drills and have shot with some pretty advanced shooters. And and then it's like, I, I, I always see value in like basic courses and stuff especially for pistol like going back to the basics i mm. always see value in that regardless of where your level is as a shooter or how long you've been doing it or whatever like you don't want to get too you know i see a lot of that on the internet where guys will do you know their pistol one or they'll get certified to do this and that and then they're like doing like only vcqb type stuff like shooting through fucking windshields and that's all they do now it's just that like there's no going back to the yeah (laughs) there's no fundamentals implemented anywhere and you're an expert and and that's kind of the cool thing that about the airsoft side of things is once you kind of like okay like you you're getting proficient you can you know get a good trigger pull don't disrupt the sights yada yada well, now we can start doing things that you can't really do or don't get offered in another class, like just a movement class. Like mm. like the stuff that we posted, like I made that post about like, you know, take two steps, twist, take two more steps, because I'm finding that when I introduce movement into these classes, people cannot move at all. It's like you just like, I don't know, just like punched them in the face and were like, do this. And they're like, yeah. I can't. Um, so that... Once, hopefully, what I my what the dream is mm-hmm. is that one day, like I'll have enough students that we can start offering the advanced class because I have curriculum written up for just movement stuff. And what we did uh, for one is uh, we took the whole like shooting area and we made it like a three sixty shooting area by throwing up a couple more mats. And uh, what the drill was is we put a target in each corner of the room. We put two barrels, so you have to walk a figure eight around these barrels. And then we put a bunch of targets just in the middle. And the targets became uh, pedestrians, or not pedestrians, but civilians mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, you have to walk in this figure eight around these barrels. And when we call out a target, you have to shoot that target or get into a position to shoot that target. Mm-hmm. But you cannot flag any single one of these people. Mm-hmm. And so it made them more muzzle aware and stuff. And so that way they're having to move and go into Sewell, lean around things, and then present their target with, you know. I had a guy, I had taken a class where a guy actually used real people for that. Oh, nice. Like, oh, yeah. So you move, (laughs) you step in front of, like, her or him and then take your shot. I was just like, yo, this is really unsafe. This is, like, the first time a lot of these people have ever taken a class and you're teaching them that day one. Like we're four hours into the first time half of them have ever fucking touched a gun, right. and you're you're doing that like hell no, dude. <laughs> so notes taken <laughs> would be cool for that, like to just be kind of cool. Okay, so like tech wise, if you could have it where you put a light on the gun, but as an IR light, so that way you, you're mm-hmm. not using the laser, and then having the civilians have a sensor, so you would detect if that IR light would hit it, so mm-hmm. then, then you'd know if they got flagged or not. Yeah. Right. And okay. it being a light, it would it takes up a little bit more space than just the barrel. Yeah. So it's like right. guaranteed you did not come anywhere near them with that barrel. That's a good idea. That's smart. Yeah. It, Shh. <laughs> Shh. <laughs> get Red, redact stuff. that. <laughs> <laughs> beep, 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 beep. So, but, yeah, and so the, uh, the cool thing about that is um, 
Oh, crap. My brain just did that thing. Um, it's the beeping, I know. Like, mm. uh, <laughs> no, it's the, she became really apprehensive about breaking the shot. So where she was drawing and getting a good sight picture mm. you know, on the target, she was like, all of a sudden, like, okay, I can draw the gun, and now I can push it out. And like... And that's that's the point of, of bonsai tactics and training with airsoft is to, um, as someone put it in one of my comments so eloquently, like be making shooting subconscious so that way you can give your, make it subconscious so you, you can lend your conscious mind to doing all the important things, right? That's, so, yeah. I mean, if, if, you're in a, if you're a fighter or a boxer, like you're, you're not thinking about how to punch. You're looking for an opening to punch, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, I'm not, how do I throw this punch? I got to make sure I twist my hips. You know, <laughs> I'm just looking for an opening so I can hit you as hard as I can. Right. Like, that's and all the sh- other basics come right through. Right. Right. And that's what shooting should be is you should just be so proficient that you're not looking, trying to figure out how do I shoot. You're just like, okay, there's my opening. Right. Squeeze the trigger. Don't disrupt the sight. That's why I like those drills where, like, um, there's a couple times where you can either have like a wall on either side and then you have a small, maybe six foot opening and then a target 15 yards out mm-hmm. and you have to move from this wall to this wall and that little six foot opening is when you're able to take that shot and you realize when you're having to do something like that, you're like pivoting your body or turreting your body, right. I should say. Um, and you have six feet. Well, while you're in a full sprint, that six feet turns into one foot. <laughs> you're like, where's my sides? <laughs> Take the shot. Like it's, it goes back to that, that training method where it's like, just, you see what you see or whatever. Like right. it's, yeah, that's when you really start to push yourself as a shooter. And you're like, fuck, I suck. And it's like, no, you're great. But you're now like on another level training this type of shit. And right. you, it's not easy. You've somewhat mastered the fundamentals and now it's managing to execute them faster. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. So, uh, and then other things that we do, we also do um, CPR classes. With the uh, we're affiliated with the American Red Cross, so we do CPR, first aid, uh, and then we also do martial art classes, of course, because you got to pay the bills. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Nice, cool, man. That's yeah. awesome. So that's that pretty much brings us up to speed with what what I'm doing, and you know. So I have a question. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you know, I go shit. Okay, so the very beginning, because I want to, because I don't know, um, what was it you said that your dad taught? Uh, Shotokan. What's that? So that's sh- a good question. <laughs> so Shotokan karate is a is a traditional form of karate. So like you have like kempo and kung fu and all these other things. Well, ah, okay. Shotokan is just a subsect of karate, um, and so it was came about in Okinawa. Um, was where it was first formed. Uh, but then you have like other styles like Hoshinru karate. So they're, they're a lot of the same stuff. Uh, you get nuances like, you know, one person puts their hands like right here in their shoulder plexus and then some other style does like two inches higher. Or one style has really deep stances, same feet position, same everything, but they're just wider. Um, whereas one might have a little bit more shortened up. So karate is kind of... It's just a different flavor of karate. Okay. So Interesting. Yeah. I never was into, so like I, as a kid growing up, that was the one thing that was always pushed was Kung Fu. Kung Fu or just karate in general. And I didn't know until like middle school that there were other options like mm. Greco wrestling or jujitsu. And it was around like 2008 when jujitsu started to become really popular, at least for me. Yeah. Um, and so I was... I always looked at like the karate kids as dorks, you know, <laughs> because they, I, they kind of are. It, well, it's, it, yeah, they're kind of the dorky ones. Like, no, 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 it's all about defense, not no offense, you know. And it's like, no, nah, 
like I, for me, like I get it, and I it obviously karate works in a lot of ways. For me, because I am a, I'm huge on martial arts because I've done fighting my entire life. Any type of whether it's defense or offense, I've always been interested in it. I've trained in it, um, and I've always found it to be very important to also train offensively not just defensively. And that's one of the, you know, the ways that they sold it to the parents in the nineties was no, 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 you're not, you're teaching your kid to be a fighter and beat up all the kids in the school. It's all about defense and how to defend yourself. And it's like, if you don't meet violence with violence and you know how to fuck somebody up, like you're wasting your fucking money, bro. <laughs> like, yeah, it, that's why I like jujitsu was like the whole, the way they sold it to us, uh, just like karate did was if you're a small you know, weak person, you could take a big six foot, 300 pound guy down with these moves. And, you know, there's always different ways to sell it, but I always found it more fun to choke someone out than to be like, and like block something or hit a piece of wood. Right. It, it's funny. Me. It's funny that you mentioned that because I'm glad that you said that because that's actually kind of like what I do with uh, bonsai tactics and shooting. There's a reason why I lean heavy into USPSA is mm. because that is the safe space for people to get into it. When I'm yeah. like, I'm like, look, Guns don't kill people. Gaping holes in vital organs kill people. Like people are like, what? <laughs> like, this is the ocular cavity. This is where you want to shoot to deanimate somebody. Like, <laughs> okay, Travis, Haley, <laughs> calm down. <Yeah. laughs> He's <in> big birds. <laughs> but you know, but that, that that's the cell, right? It's like, yeah. hey, like, like, let's talk about this from a, a competition side. And yeah. and I understand that, like, even like operational industries is more like you know, like. Let's punch you in your face and be like, no, this is what the Second Amendment was for, was for, you know, the defense against a tyrannical government. Mm -hmm. And I'm 100% on board with that. Um, unfortunately, I'm trying to, like, get people in the door first so then I can, like, surprise them with our craziness. Mm -hmm. um, Bonsai. Bonsai. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, this is a suicide vest. Welcome to Bonsai Tactics. This is a spicy clay. <laughs> Did everybody get their Kool Aid? Did you get your Kool Aid? Okay. Uh, but yeah, so that's one of the reasons why I do push USPSA so much is because I'm trying to get like the average person in. I'm trying to indoctrinate them essentially. I mean, um, we all are. Right. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah. But uh, back to the martial arts too. Like, I, I like I like karate. I think it's really good um, for for foot movement and stuff like that, and just becoming aware of how to like kind of reach out and mm -hmm. be uh, you know. It allows you to be able to interact with things that are outside of your little personal bubble. Yeah, oh, like spatial the, awareness. Yeah. Um, outside of that, um, I, I I teach martial arts. I even tell people that come in the class. I'm like, look, if you're teaching karate for self defense you're going to be wanting for a while to, before you become really proficient enough where this is going to be super effective. Mm -hmm. um, I think that you could take like a boxing class or like a Brazilian jiu-jitsu class and, and have a little bit more, a faster turnaround for like results of, mm -hmm. you know, this is applicable self-defense stuff. Mm -hmm. um, because nobody blocks like we do in Shotokan. Like nobody's like chambering blocks and stuff like that. Uh, so when we do do classes, we, we, we do... The traditional blocking so that way people learn what it is so that way they can kind of go through the system mm -hmm. but then at the same time like look that doesn't really work like this is how you parry something this is you know we don't fight in deep stances because it's slow to move you got to stand up and at the same time like you can actually fight very traditional like martial arts karate style 
it's just going to take you years to get good enough to make that very effective yeah. for you. It's my, and that's my opinion. I like so. seeing people do anything though, like regardless of what martial art it is. Like, I think it's kind of just a thing within like the MMA world or fighting world. So there's always like kickboxing and Muay Thai guys have their thing. And then like wrestling guys and jujitsu guys have their thing where they kind of fight. And then like, everyone's kind of like against karate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like everyone kind of has their, their stigmas to every type of martial art out there. But one thing that I have noticed is if you have absolutely no athletic ability at a class, like I can tell if you're a fighter or if you have fought or if like a wrestler, I can call out a wrestler from a fucking mile away mm-hmm. all day long. Karate, you can't, you can't like, if you're a dork, I can kind of guess. But if I haven't talked to you, or you know what I mean? Like, you, you can't see it in their body. But when you have, like, at, like, a uh, firearms class and you start to incorporate movement or any type of movement in anything, mm. you can tell by those that actually run or have ran in their life and who don't. You know what I mean? Like, I've seen guys run really awkward. And it's like, you have never played a sport in your life. I could see that. You know yeah. what I mean? And so, like... For me, seeing that someone's doing a martial art or like working out or has like some type of athletic hobby, I think that's great to have that if you're going to be getting into like firearms and stuff because athleticism and physical fitness is like number one beyond even carrying a gun in my opinion. Like I don't even want to hear you talk about tactics if you can't even bench your body weight. You know what I mean? So how much can you bench? more than my body weight, more more than my body weight, actually. And I can squat double that. So you want to come to the gym and prove that? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Get date. Give Pod, me a date, baby. Podcast going on the road, people. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do it. I, I will squat double my body weight, and I will bench one and a half times my body weight. Guarantee I can. So one and a half times. You're what, two, 210? Yeah. So that's like what? We'll say it's almost 300 pounds. Yeah. I, 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 I can squat 400. I guarantee I can squat 400. Okay. I can guarantee it. I could do that. And, and once. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, PR, like, I got you one. Uh, th- uh, 400, 350, 400, I could squat. I could bench, I could bench 350. Well, me and Eddie have a gym membership at the same gym. Uh, let's do it. Well, I'll get you guys to be my spotters then. Just for the record, I don't mean that I can do that like once that session. I mean like that's it. Like there, that will never happen ever. (laughs) No, that's well. I have actually. I'm going to. uh, I'm leaving on the high note. (laughs) On Wednesday, I have physical therapy to figure out what's going on my shoulder. I went to the doctors for the first time, and so she literally told me the only information I got was, "Oh yeah, so you have a bunch of broken bones that you had never got treated, and so." because you never got them treated or went to the doctors for it, they probably healed incorrectly. And that's why you're having the shoulder issue with your, my right shoulder and I'm right hand dominant. So I do everything with my right side and through working out over the last few months, something happened with my shoulder and I'm not lifting like a lot right now. And, um, so I went in, got x-rays and they, they literally just told me, like, I looked at the x-ray. There's nothing wrong with the x-ray. They told me everything came back fine, but they still told me, like, don't lift a single weight. And I still lift today. I had a uh, – I, I did upper body weird. today. I, said, I mean, it's weird they'd say that if you don't see anything because you, you can see calcium deposits of where the cracks are. Like, when I broke my leg, mm-hmm. they had to do something recent, and they, they're like, oh, you broke your leg? I was like, 
Yeah, how you can tell is like they show like the little calcium deposit where basically it's your scar on your bones. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's exactly where I broke it. Yeah, well, and that's what they were saying is like, we we're not seeing anything here, so they gave me a referral to uh, get physical therapy. So on the thirtieth, whatever Wednesday is, uh, I'm gonna go and do that. So I'll know more nice. from then if I'm like get the okay to to lift heavy. But that's what I'm waiting on is yeah. I'm going to this gym out here. Uh, it's called the gym. Uh, in Ontario, um, I want to a whole lot out here. So we call it the gym. I know that's <laughs> you're, not, hey, you're going to the gym. Well, that's yeah, what, yeah, so there's, the there's three different gyms out here that I, I could, there's one in Payette. There's it's one right, right next here. to the store. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, okay. I know where that is. <laughs> well, next to that says cell phones. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> no, but like there's, so there's one in Payette, there's one in New Plymouth and then there's one in Ontario, the one in New Plymouth. I love the owner. She's a nice lady. It's not the place for me. And they don't have like a whole uh, lot, right? No, just not of, for what I'm trying to do. I mean, they there's don't have free weights, right? They do have free weights and they have a squat rack, but it's like one of those assisted squat racks. And there's like Smith one. Machine. Yeah, Smith machine. Yeah, Smith. Yeah, that's right. You haven't um, been going to the gym long enough. You don't know what Smith machine is. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to bench more than you, Daniel. <laughs> you probably I'm will. Gonna bench you. <laughs> I'm going to bench you. I know for a fact that next I can. clip is you sitting there benching Daniel like, I, I know. That I, <laughs> I know that I can bench more than 260. I'll say that. I know that I can bench more than 260. 100%. Okay. Without a doubt. Confidently. I think it would be good because I know I know that you don't have the equipment, so I think it would be a good indicator of where you're at. I've, I've picked up some pretty big dudes. That's all I'm saying. I've lifted some pretty big dudes. Okay. I'm, but I'm pretty confident in, in my athleticism right now. And I'd be, so I'd be curious too to see because – I want to know what my I PR gonna, is. I know I'm going to – lift the least amount but i know eddie goes so i'm curious to see like where yeah. he's at yeah there'll be it'd be nice yeah. to know because when that's one of the other reasons i want to go is like what is my pr i don't we'll know we'll find out real quick well, you Hell see, yeah you gotta remember too like they're at the point in their lives where they're like what's my personal record me and you are like, like i don't want to get hurt like <laughs> this takes freaking weeks to heal up <laughs> well and that's my thing though is like if they say oh you know maybe a couple weeks of just doing this or whatever like physical yeah. therapy you're, you're going to be fine because where I'm at right now within my like working out and stuff is like, I need to go to the gym and I need to lift heavier. Like oh, yeah. wh- with what I have at my house, I cannot increase weight. I can't, which means yeah. I can't build more muscle. I'm just stuck. And that's fucking depressing because I just want to get big. I just want to get bigger. Yeah, I don't know how to express it. It's so fucking frustrating. You need to be able to lift heavy enough to tear your muscles so you can keep growing. Like it's, it's super simple. Do five reps of something. Can, if I can do five reps of this, Add five pounds. Yeah. If I can't do more than five reps with it, I'm going to stay there for a week. Next week, I'm increasing five pounds. Like, I'm just going to keep doing that, and I'm going to note it. This is what I did this week. This is what I did this week. And then, obviously, like, the dieting and shit matters, too. But the weights and how to increase muscle, I've been really researching this shit, and it's way more simple than people make it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I want to preface what, what I'm about to say is I am not a medical doctor. I do not recommend what I'm about to actually say. <laughs> but no, right before corona, I uh, I ended up getting a, a blown disc in uh, my Ooh. neck. And uh, was going to that? I have no idea. Probably just sleeping at this point in my life. Like, <laughs> um, But yeah, so I went to... Uh, had, it's uh, our sleeping standing now. Right. Um, but yeah, I couldn't sit up like this. I couldn't pull my head back behind my shoulders mm. um, or toward my shoulders, like a Pez dispenser. Um, <laughs> like, but uh, but no, I went to uh, physical therapy. I had a, a an MRI done on my neck, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I have videos of it." And like, there's your bulge. And I'm like, "Oh great!" And uh, physical therapist was like, 
do not get surgery until you, unless you cannot like physically handle the pain, do not get surgery. He's like, it will change your life because you'll, be, you'll just fuse those uh, vertebrae together. I was like, all right. So I was going to physical therapy, everything. It would kind of get better, but not really. And uh, I was, I had been going to the gym consistently and then that happened. So I stopped. And then finally I was like, well, screw this. If pain is just my life, then pain is just my life. And I went back to the gym. And then within like three weeks, it was, I, it didn't hurt anymore. Hmm. Well, Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I, yeah. Like, don't you kind of make you wonder like, so are they really helping us or are they just like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, is it really, cause I've heard so many people doing diets that according to what we thought we knew was horrible. Mm-hmm. Like these carnivore diets, these people like, yeah. Well, and avoiding salt. Like that's not accurate. Avoiding salt is not a good thing. Right? Yeah. You have to have salt in your well, diet. Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff coming out, but it's just kind of, you know, like the whole working out thing. There's a lot of people that are like, no, I started working whatever it is, and they're actually strengthening the muscles around it, which actually helps whatever it is you're, you're yep. hurting. Right, yeah. I haven't, I haven't had any pain in, like, the last two years, too, so which is really good. And I, I think it's just because everything around it has just structurally, like, supports now. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe it, it healed up or whatever, but I don't know. I'm not a... I'm not a rocket scientist. I don't know how that stuff works. <laughs> yeah, no, I, it's weird too, because with this shoulder thing, like they don't see anything on the x-rays. I've gotten a massage. I've gotten like cupping done and it's still like, I've gone to a chiropractor. I did for a while. Not with this issue though. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't gone to a chiropractor for that. That's why I'm like, I don't know, because like I'm going like right here. I can, it's like popping, just rotating it right now. Mm-hmm. And it's just uncomfortable. So, it doesn't hurt. It's just uncomfortable. You know Mortal Kombat, right? Mortal Kombat? Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know Mortal Kombat. What? So we're going to rip your arms off. Be like Jax. Okay. Get, like mechanical arms. Yeah, there we go. That'll work. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'll lift all the weight then. <laughs> you'll be like, you know, shouldering like mini guns. Like it's nothing. Like, oh, yeah. Just burp, burp, and just not even moving. His legs Hell get yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> just get weak, Dave. Yeah. I need robotic legs now. Yeah. <laughs> I need to balance the shit out. No, but that's so that's anyways, that's where I'm at with my journey of working out as I've finally made it a year. I noticed that the other day I was like doing a little video on my Instagram and I was like, oh yeah, it'll be a year in. Oh fuck. It was two days ago. I've been working days. out for a year straight, two days ago. Um, but you feel better. I feel better, but I'm at that point where like, I need, I'm, I'm bored. And that's why I told myself I was never going to go to the gym. And it's like, well, you pay for gym equipment then. And Yep. When you see how much that shit costs, you're like, no, nah, never mind. Yeah, it's the, that was the whole thing that that my mentality going to the gym is because it's so funny. Like all these people taking selfies and doing all, and you're just kind of like, I'm here to use the equipment. If you're not using it, get the fuck out of the way. Are like, they doing it like on equipment while they're on oh, it? Oh, dude, I I, I uh, have been. I'm not gonna lie. I've I've been so tempted to to bust my phone out at the gym just for content for social media, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm I'm not there yet. And I'm, but even like, if I, I was, haven't hit the bottom yet, if I, I was like, like that's, a, that's, I can see where you guys are coming from, but at the same time I have, I have, cause you like to play devil's advocate. So I'm gonna play devil's ad- yeah. advocate here. The reason why you don't understand why these dudes are taking videos of themselves or taking pictures is because you going to the gym, you haven't hit a milestone yet. You're not, you don't have anything to be proud of yet. Okay. Oh. No, 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 no. I, I know what you're talking about yeah. and I am seeing results, but I am very I'm say humble. 
I don't care about your opinion. Right, but and not a lot of people, people do it. A lot of people are just proud of themselves. No, no, no. I know, I understand that, but there's a lot of you see it online. Yeah, and you can. And the funny thing is, I see they're they're they'll take these photos, and you can see their phone from there, and it's on Instagram. They're on they're mm-hmm. on social media, right. posting these things. And I get what you're saying because mm-hmm. when I get home. Like I'll sit there and flex things like, okay, yeah, this is this is starting to come yeah. through. Yeah, right. But I don't care to share that. Right. And that's just me personally. Yeah. Like maybe if I'm with my buddies, I'm like, dude, look at this. I got this muscle starting to grow, whatever. Right. But that's my only things I hate seeing. Like, it's, my only thing is like, if you want to do that, great. I really, honestly, I do not care. Mm-hmm. But if you're if you're hanging up equipment, and you're not using it. Yeah. Get the fuck out of the way. Yeah. Let go stand in front of the mirror. If There's mirrors everywhere. Yeah. Go somewhere else. Yeah. For, for for listeners too, like if you're working out and stuff, like take pictures of yourself. Oh because, yeah, it's because you need to because otherwise you're like I haven't done anything. Like, I'm not seeing any improvements. It's not until you look at old pictures you're like holy crap. Like that, yeah. that's what I. That's why I took a picture like every single day. It was like okay, I can I, see it in the face. Like yeah, it's working. I you can see your first pictures. You're like, dude, I look so much better. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't think of myself as a as a big person because up until maybe like. Four or five years ago, I wasn't lifting. I was just staying in shape. Like, I'd mm. run a lot and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was maybe like 160. I'd been 165 pounds since high school. Like, Dang. I'm 178. What do you weigh right now? Damn. Um, I could throw your ass so far. You, you probably could. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just funny. Like, I, that's crazy. Like, your height, that's your weight. That's because I'm, I've, ne- I haven't broke below 200 for a very long time. And I'm just like chilling, and it's like because I've been gaining muscle too. I'm like replacing the fat with muscle. It's like, oh, there goes five pounds. Here it comes again. Right. You know, well, and it, in the in the mass, muscle to, you know weighs more than fat. And that's quantity. what my mom always told me. But I was always just fat. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, you can you can you will see bigger dividends with mm-hmm. like say five pounds of fat removed versus five pounds of oh, muscle yeah. added. Oh, for sure. But, for sure. Yeah. It's. It's always crazy. But yeah, it's been weird because having the class, like I have mirrors and stuff so that way I can have people like watch them do the draw and stuff. I'll stand next to somebody that I, like in my mind, I perceive them as being bigger than I am. Mm-hmm. And then I stand next to them like, holy shit, I'm, I'm bigger than you are. Like, and then I'm like, I'm to, so swole. I'm so swole, I'm so big. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, like, that's, that's actually, it's funny too because you being a thinner guy, like your muscles stick out. Right. They're more, they're, they're more defined. Yeah. Um, and that's so something bulgy. that, yeah. And that's, so like I had that, <laughs> tell me more, of like, <laughs> tell me. stroke my ego. <laughs> yeah. I had, well, no, like you can, it's, uh, you can't yeah, hide yeah. your muscles when you don't have fat yeah. on top right. of them. So yeah. it's, it, what, for me, it's like, I've always had a little extra thickness to me, you know? And so you can't see as much definition. And it's like, unless I just had a really good pump and like, I flex hard, like you can see all of it, you know, but it doesn't, it's not protruding. Right. Like a skinny guy's wood where they're all yeah. veiny and stuff. The, the funny thing is, is like I, God has totally set me up to do whatever it is that he's called me to do. But being, uh, you know, the physique that I have now, mm-hmm. like I hate it because I'm like, I don't like drawing attention to myself. But at the same time, like I was bullied in school because I was like, I looked like an Ethiopian child. Like I was just like the stick of a a person and stuff. Asian, Japanese, so Ethiopian. Ethiopian. Right. <laughs> so there's a, this guy in that did a little video and he was, he was doing a stitch or a rebuttal to this guy and was like, why do you, you know, wear whatever clothing? He said, you can tell what they were previously based on their clothing. So if they were, um, they're really, really skinny. Usually they will, um, wear, uh, 
oversized clothing and stuff because they're not used to that. And if they're fat, no, wait, if they're fat, they'll wear oversized. No, they're fat, they'll wear skinny clothes because they were never able to wear that clothing. Interesting. And if it's it's the opposite, where it's a skinny dude, they're not, they don't want to wear those those big clothing because they're used to being small. So mm-hmm. that's kind of that mentality where right. you were small and now you're getting you know muscle and everything. You're like, oh no, don't, don't look at me. Where right. the other is a fat dude, they're like, I get to wear a size large <laughs> instead of three X's. Mm-hmm. So, like, they usually wear tighter clothing. And I was like, that's really interesting to think about that. Huh. Like, yeah. So, if, like, for you, it makes sense because you're bigger and you're like, I get to wear a large instead of, like, oh, I don't want to buy a double X or a three X. Yeah, whatever. there was a point in my life where I was like, I'm going to have to go from an XL to a two X. And that's when I decided to actually work out. <laughs> I, Literally, like, I was like, I can't, like, I can th- I feel like my belly is about to stick out the bottom of my shirt. Oh. You know, I got to that point where it was like. My, my buddy and ex-boss, Dave, he, uh, dude's just built. Like, he's not, like, ripped or anything, but he's he's a big dude. Stout. And what was funny is, like, I was talking to him because he constantly goes to the gym. He's like, yeah. He's like, no, uh, I was out bowling with uh, friends and family and stuff. He's like, and I got winded one day bowling. He's like, and I looked at myself and was like. This is pathetic. He's like, and then I just, he's like, I went to the gym that the next day and I never looked back. <laughs> like, Isn't it funny how like little things like, will we'll get people to go like, you know what? I'm working out. And yeah. it, but it's nothing like someone bullied them or nothing like that. You know, yeah. I got winded bowling. Mine, mine was way more dramatic than that. Like mine was like, fuck, my kid's two months old or four months old. I just bought a house. I just moved states. Like, you know, I, I want to be something like you're a fat, lazy piece of shit. Like you're almost 300 pounds and you're, you're 25, 24 years old. However old I was, you're fat. Like you're disgusting. Yeah, Look that, at yourself. That was a huge portion of it for me because like I'm 39 and we just had like my kids eight. I'm like, okay. Like in my mind, my parents had me when they were in their early twenties. Mm-hmm. So I'm like behind the, the curve. Right. So I'm like, okay, well, if I'm going to live to be like, 80, 90, like yeah. that's the goal is like, I want to have the best years with my kids as I can. Therefore yeah. I have to put the work in. So that way when they're running and playing, I can run and play with them. And I'm not yep. just like, you're on the ground going, slow down guys. Yeah. <laughs> and I can actually keep up with my kid. Like, right. I'm still faster than my kid right now. And I plan to beat him until high school. Oh my God. At least. <laughs> like, well, I think about it. You're as in a competition a, with a four year old. Well, no, no, no. Yeah. No, like that's the I'm thing. I'm so much stronger it's than no you. no competition. I beat that dude's ass all day long. <laughs> no. But it's like, as a, as a kid, your kid's always in competition. Your yeah. son is always in competition with you. Like, I'm going to be big like you. I'm going to beat you up. I'm going to, you know what I mean? That's Leland. You know, yeah. that's my son. That's exactly how he acts. And so I know he's coming for me. You know what I mean? And so it's like, all right, you keep me on my toes then, you know, that, or he called pretend calls me and Ben's going to come beat you up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's always calling Ben on his little phone. It's funny, dude. That's funny. That video I sent you the other yeah. day. Of him, I was like, what are you even doing? I'm talking to Ben. I <laughs> get <sighs> like, so mad. Like, interrupting my conversation. Yeah. Like, what are you even talking about? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> all right. Damn, dude. There was one time, I think it was like a year ago, which is even weird to say that, but, I remember coming over and he's like, um, apparently you're coming over here to beat me up. I was like, what? And Leland's like, yeah, you can come beat up my dad. I was like, <laughs> why? <laughs> I was over at a friend's house last night. It was his wife's birthday. And uh, I don't remember how we got on the conversation about, well, one of the moms that were there, she had a newborn and we were talking about 
dropping kids or something. And uh, I was like, you know, I've never dropped my son, but my friend Ben has. <laughs> I don't remember what you guys are doing, but I remember you were like wrestling or something and you dropped him. You're like, oh shit. <laughs> and you brushed it off, but it was like, that's actually a really funny point. I never dropped my kid, but Ben did. Right. <laughs> but he still loves me, so that's good. Yeah, exactly. It's because you concussed him. He doesn't remember it, Ben. Yeah, there you go. I think it was funny. It was like last time Ben was leaving my house, he was like, if you don't say you love me, look, Leland, my son says that. Yes. He's like, if you don't say you love me back, I'm going to beat you up. Or something like that. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> no, and then he, he tells you, he's like, he's like, all right, Dad, I love you. And he goes, love, and all you were saying, bye, guys, love you. And he says it, and I say it back. And he's like, okay, that's yeah. acceptable. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think, I think that, thank you for saying it. Yeah. So the thing that Lance has been doing to me for the last two weeks now, and it, you know, you think you're pretty smart. You're an adult. You're like, you're not going to get me. He has gotten me almost every single time with this. Because he's like, hey, Dad, guess what? And I'm like, what? Chicken butt. He still gets you with it. I'm like, like every single time, like because I'm always busy doing something. Yeah. But the problem is, is he he works it in there. He's like, hey dad, guess what? I'm like, what? He's like, can you? Uh, you know, it's like usually normal, but yeah. Just lately, follow it up. Just lately, it's just been every time. I'm like, oh, no. how old is he now? He's four. Oh really? Oh yeah. wow, that's good. I, I taught Leland just how to spell his first word. He knows how to spell poop now. <laughs> doing some school work and I was like P-O-O-P poop and he's like oh I know how to spell poop now so that's he always tells everyone that he knows how to sm- uh, s- smell it spell it <laughs> so we're working on words now and spelling <clears throat> I did have a question um, this is kind of a uh, for Daniel I guess oh. this can kind of be like a talking point um, I don't know how much you know about it I know we talked about it briefly before we started um, but this is kind of like a – we're kind of on track with podcasts right now, and this is kind of a current – Current event. Current event. <laughs> and given that we are all kind of in the firearms industry or defense industry and kind of care about community and people, <laughs> um, I kind of wanted to get your two cents on this or your opinion. Um, <clears throat> so today and starting last night and today, uh, more protests uh, started in, uh, because of the release of the – police body cam footage from the Memphis police department. Mm -hmm. They killed that individual uh, who ended up being black, but uh, that ended up being one of the biggest things. It was like black lives matter and Antifa and all them were getting loud. Uh, What a lot of people are failing to mention is that the officers that killed him were also black. So I don't know why it's racist. However, it is wrong. Uh, If you saw the video, it's pretty, it's pretty brutal. Uh, There's, there's no denying it this time absolutely not like so the cops did it they were like holding him up and like arms back and like swinging at the oh, fucking no. dude stomping oh. on him like it was like watching that to me coming from where i come from mm. one of those cops knew that guy oh. like it seemed personal and yeah. i don't know what happened i don't know the police report none of that um. just watching the video with the dude's hands behind his back and cuffed just getting his shit rocked. You know what I don't understand is how can you be a cop? Mm-hmm. Now, I'm I, not saying that you were all human, but just having the foresight of going, I have a body cam, and these all guys have these different perspectives, and we're all recording this. Yeah. How is it that you couldn't just, like, and I'm not saying to do this, but take off your body cam? At least try to hide it. Well, and there's but, another person that was filming from a distance. Oh, jeez. And so they, they had got like, the bird's eye view of all of it. Like Man. six cameras all recording this from 360 perspective. And it's like. And I, I'm I trying to remember his, his name. I'm not condoning what happened. I'm just saying. No. Like, 
like how could you do something to someone and like you're fucked so so fucked here here hold on here it is here's the video I found it so if you guys want to look it up it's the Tyree T-Y-R-E I think that's Tyree Nichols uh, calling for his mother beaten by officers now charged in his death so what was what was the reason that like it started the altercation between him and I don't cops. know. Like there's been people that have been following it. I don't all I so like So it started like where he got pulled over, or is he like Yeah, just, like even it like the only time something like this is acceptable is if you're a child molester, in my opinion. Like I don't have any remorse. Well, and even then your job as a cop is to do do <sighs> detain them and then And seeing what other cop you know, pages and cops are saying on the internet is they're saying like y'all are pieces of shit. Yeah, Memphis, right. y'all are oh, pieces shit. of shit. Like cops are talking oh, about yeah. this. Like this is the first time I've ever seen cops ever speak up about a killing. Um, so I guess this is the video. So let's see if we can watch it. Let's see. It's playing. Warning: This video contains disturbing images and language. The Memphis Police Department released video clips of the deadly arrest of Tyree Nichols, a 29-year-old black man who was pulled over for suspected reckless driving on January 7th. Okay. The footage you are about to see contains disturbing images and language. This first video clip shows the moment officers pulled over and confronted Nichols. He's saying, all right, he's complying. See, they're acting like thugs, bro. Yeah. Break your shit. Bitch, put your hands behind your back. Okay, sir. And dude's complying. He is. Hey, now he's trying to get up. Because this is so. I'm going to pause this. If you were putting. I don't give a fuck if you're a cop or not. If you're put in that position, so this kid, I'm, I'm totally understanding where this kid is coming from. Yeah, this kid is scared as fuck. Well, yeah, and it's not because driving. the cops are white; they're not white. I want to make that very fucking clear. No, they just ripped him out of his car like in, within seconds. And he's looking them in the eyes, trying to reason with them, trying to find a human being to respond back. Well, and you can tell right. from his face that he's like, he's still trying to figure out what is going on. Uh, he was driving recklessly. No, that was, doesn't warrant this type of response. Well, and even then, he might have prior been that video when they stopped. He was at a stop, like a stoplight. He was at a stoplight. He was stopped, like, like he wasn't going anywhere. No, they pulled up on him without yeah. warning. They, well, they, it was a surprise thing. Yeah, that's. And so that's where we're at right now. They got him on the ground. And he's just kind of like turned back, looking at them. He's not fighting them. No, at he's all. Just trying to figure I, out what's I going still on. just uh, to play devil's advocate. Since yeah, yeah. I'm the third one in the room here. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, please do. No, uh, I would be interested to see what even just maybe like a minute racist. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Damn it! I knew this was coming. This is, it's going to end my career before it starts. Well, oh. No, you're right. But but yeah, I just, I'm just curious. So like, I want to know yeah. like, what what happened maybe like in just within well, the first few minutes before yeah. that the video starts. Well, it's kind of like, like the video um, of the Black Lives Matters nephew. 
Did they show that he was? I guess he was. Oh, he got shot. Mind. He got shot in the back or something like that. Mm-hmm. Is but that the, the one you're shot talking or about? Tased. But they but they showed all the video and they rolled the guy showed him was like, hey, you know, he's trying to give him water. Like he's trying to help. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. He's trying to give him water. He's very respectful to him. But the cop, having that context knows that like it didn't just happen. Yeah, he didn't right. just run after but, him in the middle of the road and fucking tase him. But having like you're saying, having at least a minute prior yeah. to that, it'd be kind of interesting. Like. You know, like I said, like, are they on the radio going, oh, this is that guy, we'll just get him, whatever. Or, but, or right. you know, did they chase him for, like, 10 miles, lights yeah. going, and then he finally was like, and I stopped at a red light because he didn't have an, an exit strategy. Because the yeah, way, yeah, the yeah. way this comes off to us is they snuck up on him because they thought he was going to run. Yeah. That's why they didn't flap their, uh, you know, flip their lights and have him pull over like a normal person. Right. Like, they did the, he's at a stoplight, we're on his left, we're on his right, we're on his six, brush him. That's kind of how they respond to this. So let's continue. Let's see what happens. Let's see. Oh, he's getting tased. So now he's trying to run. Yeah, now he's running. We got a runner. <clears throat> the clip ends with Nichols fleeing the scene and officers chasing him. They're slow as fuck. Dude, that is. This next video angle is from the body cam of an officer getting out of his vehicle and running to where Nichols is pinned down. So for context, they have him pinned, but they're just pepper spraying him. Yeah, and punching him. Yeah. <clears throat> New cop shows up. He's got to get his in. Still spraying him. The cop got OC'd. Yeah, sprayed himself. Some of the most critical video of Nichols' brutal arrest is taken from a surveillance poll camera oh, that has no audio. CNN synced audio from a separate video that was released, an officer's body camera that fell to the ground with the poll camera. Both videos were recording at the same time, capturing this violent scene where officers are beating Nichols. That one connected. Kick to the face. Someone's got an ass. Look at him. Look at him. He's winding up. Yep. Bam. Bam. As much as I hate this, I'm glad I'm watching the full context. Yeah. Because partially the dude keeps getting up. He's he is resisting arrest. 
at the same time, is he resisting now or are they holding him up? Like, no, they well, pulled him up. They right? pulled him up. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I yeah so I can that. rewind it and I can show you when we're done watching all the way through. But that guy, that cop shows up and he's cuffed right now. Okay. His yeah, hands yeah. are behind his back and he's cuffed. And they pulled him up to his knees and he's like, get him up, get him up, wham. Get him up, get him up, wham. Hits him again. And now he's just like, he's delirious. He's got fucking OC in his face. He's been hit and kicked multiple times. Getting his shit rocked. Getting his shit rocked. Are you looking for your glasses, bro? This aftermath video shows how officers and medics responded on scene. So he sat up against the squad car right now on the ground. And he doesn't look very good. Uh, He doesn't even look like he's responding. So is this guy is this guy still alive? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, like, he doesn't look. No, he's dead. I don't know if he died right here or afterwards. Yeah, that that dude's not even moving. Do they know what he uh, he died of? Or, or you find out? They're laughing while this dude's just sitting on the ground like this. And where's the nice no, slumped over now? Yeah, the paramedics is not even like rushing over nothing. No, no, and the part of that might be is they haven't rendered the scene safe yet. They just yelled at him, "Sit up!" So paramedics can't or won't uh, arrive on scene until the scene is considered so he, safe. He looks alive. They just sound like a bunch of thugs, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, there's the EMTs. Okay, so he's moving right now. He just moved his leg, and he just rolled over. <coughs> so EMTs are sitting him up. Looking at him. Yeah. He's hitting him with some scrape woo woos. That's actually a technical term that we use in the profession. <laughs> Strong ass kid, take all that shit. Yeah. <clears throat> now they're claiming the whole he tried to grab someone's gun. I didn't see that. I didn't see that at all. Mm, yeah, make sure you get that on camera. Why is he just sitting there? Paramedics are there. I don't understand. He's just laying on the ground. And she just slumped over, like, talking to him. Okay. 
Yeah, they probably haven't like they haven't sat him up or anything. So I'm, I'm speculating here is probably just to put him in the recovery position because he's concussed. Mm-hmm. Twenty-five minutes after Nichols is subdued and on the ground, an ambulance arrives at the scene. Tyree Nichols died three days after the events shown in this video. Mm. The Department of Justice has since opened a civil rights investigation into his death. Five officers from the Memphis Police Department, who are also black, were fired after an internal investigation. All five of them are now facing charges of second-degree murder. So, with all of that context, all of that information, and seeing the videos yourself, do you think that was murder? Do you think they should be charged with murder? That's my question. Once, once again, like I don't like that was not like what you should be doing as yeah a human being. Um, so I don't know. It becomes one of those things. Where it's like okay, well, what did he actually die from three days later? Now, if uh, autopsy reports come back and they say like oh he had a puncture, make a wild guess, traumatic brain injury. <laughs> like yeah, well in I that case he was vaccinated. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, as long as it's something that was related to that and he died, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, but like the I chances mean, of, okay, that happened to you three right. days before you died. Pretty sure that right. was fucking yeah. a result right. of that. I mean, like, he, he could have had some type of health condition and, and the traumatic uh, incidents he had could have just been the reason yeah, why right. he died. Sure, catalyst that just shifted yeah. all cascading, yeah. But it doesn't and, justify the actions of those that did what they no. did. Exactly. I think, so it, so they, one of the things to... to to look at too is so when they pulled him over I get told that he was like what the fuck's going on I'm getting pulled out of the car again we don't know prior to that but then he runs and I'm like okay now you you just kind of fucked yourself at that point because I know that <clears throat> other cops I've talked to they said that sometimes in that moment you have adrenaline going and you yeah. are just like you don't know if he has a gun fight or flight fight yeah, or flight and yeah. those and sometimes those cops are just and, and to an extent I could see and I'm not justifying it at all but that one dude he kicks him that's the dude that gets OC'd, comes back. He's probably pissed off that he got OC'd on himself, mm-hmm. and he's taken out on dude. Mm-hmm. Now, was it right? No, not at all. The dude needs to have composure, but I don't know. I think the whole situation is fucked. Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, I, I think that, once again, like totality of situations, if he died because of injuries on what they did, then 100%, like, yeah, like, that's that's murder. So Now, so here's the thing, though. Here's, my, like, my weird caveat that's not really related to this. Mm-hmm. If somebody was assaulting you and you defended yourself and punched them in the face a bunch and they died from results of that, I'm good with that. Like, no. But it's because yeah. they instigated this event and did... Like, I don't know where we're in any police protocol. It's like... If you know suspect is not complying, kick him in head. Like, yeah, no. I I think too when we're listening to the to them talking to each other, like you said, it just sounds like a bunch of thugs with badges, and they're just like, "Oh man, did you see that? Oh yeah." Using slang words for like the way they were hitting him, and and I know some kind of bro mentality. Yeah, would be like, "Well, that's our culture." I'm like, I understand that, but you're in a very professional, you know position that requires you to have a a higher level of intellect and to compose yourself in a way that, you know. It's just like a white cop. Imagine if they were white cops and they were talking like that. Yeah, bro, like I just smacked him in his fucking face. Like, 
that piece of shit tried to grab my gun and I gave him some woo-woos to the face, dog. <laughs> oh, like, dude, if a white kid, dude, it'd be fucking... So, and here's the thing. So the result of this was riots and everything last night. Right. Cop cars were on fire, fuck the in police, Memphis. everywhere. New York City, LA, Portland, Which everywhere. doesn't make sense. It's like, this yes. happened in Memphis. So, Let's start a riot yes, in New York. Yes, exactly. So <laughs> yeah. my point is, is I... So I was talking to the wife about this this morning and I was like, I would understand, you know, like maybe like a moment of silence type wake, maybe some candles lit, maybe a vigil of some kind out of respect for the guy that died. But why are we doing it for like, you know, the three-year-olds caught in the crossfire when there's a drive-by in like black neighborhoods? Or why not... The, okay, so when they... They talk about it. They're, they're saying, you know, oh, we're pro- no, you're not protesting. No. You are like a little fucking child and just going to destroy everything, thinking that's going to send a message. It's like, no, yeah. Martin Luther King and all these people back in like the 60s and 70s, like when they protested, they came out in numbers to show, hey, this isn't right. And it wasn't that they showed with violence. They showed with numbers. They started spreading. With white the, and black. Yeah. And they, started, they were spreading <clears throat> the message and awareness. What these people are doing is just fucking childish, and you're not getting anywhere other than is really ruining the message. Yep. And it's like if you want this to change, then you you start changing it. Yep. You know, you 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 know resist these people. You start going, hey, like we need to start putting practices in that that prevents this. Yeah. And right. and that's my thing though is like because so I have I have friends that just hate all cops. They just think well, all I cops mean, are bad. And then I have friends like that have a whole lot to go off of. Well, I know, you know, but I also have like, I have friends and associations with people that are law enforcement. And so I don't have this idea. Like I've had nothing but bad run-ins with law enforcement when I was doing nothing but good things. And then when yeah. I was trying to do good things, I've had good run-ins with law enforcement. And then also I've met some shitty people along the way, but in like, from my <clears> experience has <throat> been kind of the opposite. I've always had, cause I've always, I'm not a troublemaker. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> good old boy scout here. Mm-hmm. Um, but like my uncle was chief of police in Missoula. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had, you know, lots of family who's been in military and, and police and on that side. So my perspective has always been like, I 100% support it. But then right. as I've gotten older and seen this because, you know, good old internet, mm-hmm. you start changing your perspective and you start becoming leery of that. Whereas, when you can't be like a thin blue line. Yeah. All of you, right? You know, it's like, and it sucks because there's a lot of good people yeah. out there. You know, like, like Danielson. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. That's there's, what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like situations like uh, this make the majority of them look bad because the internet is what yes. the internet is. Right. And and one thing that I think that I feel like that the other side, like you know, the side that's like pro cop, doesn't understand sometimes is like. They have a, a the the reputation that they have right now for a reason mm-hmm. yes. because of instances like this, and I think that there has been in the past uh, egregious things that were done by cops that were not justly, uh, you know, corrected. They weren't, you know, yes. lost their jobs and stuff. They, it was swept under the carpet, and because that happens so much, mm-hmm. that now there is this stigma. Like mm-hmm. they they kind of brought it upon themselves to have this this bad name because they didn't police their own. Yeah. Um, and that, that saying, like, that's not the majority of the cops out there. It was just a few. But it, it, it yeah. was in a place where the good old boy system happened to, to work in their favor. And so everybody else became outraged. Um, well, it's kind of like it's not that cops are bad. Yeah. Those guys are bad. Exactly. Yeah. Those yeah. specific exactly. people. Yeah. And it's, you know, like you said, if I think if they if things would happen, like, say, a 
cop did something bad, it was, you know, against the law or the practice or whatever, and they would just, like you said, fire them, put them in prison, whatever it is, you right. know, you know, the crime meets the punishment. I don't think our perspective of cops would be what it is today. Yeah. Right. And the thing that, that throws me for a loop for this whole situation is it's not like they're like, it's not like those four or five guys got a pass. They're like, they didn't get an attaboy from their chief and was like, all right, go back to work. Yeah. Like, no, they're facing criminal charges and people are still in outrage. It's like, no, you should champion whoever is like in charge of that department for yeah, doing you, the right thing. It would make more <laughs> sense to riot if they went to trial and, and then they were like, no, nah, they're all yeah. good to go. Like, It's like, no, we're <clears throat> they're literally handling it how they're supposed to, by the law, saying, hey, you know what? This was wrong. We agree this is wrong and we're going to file charges on them. And it's like, how, what more can you do? Mm-hmm. Right. You know? No, let's, let's burn some more cities down. I'm just so glad we live here because it doesn't exist out here. Not yet. Not yet. Well, and that's and that's the thing is so like from I was talking to a couple buddies that were like in Atlanta. You know, they uh, the at least I believe it's the state of Georgia was put into a state of emergency because of last night. Um, And a lot of them were like, "Do we respond? Should we respond? No, no, it's not your fucking job. Didn't affect you. It's not in your state." don't, don't get all Wait, hyped up and get excited about so shit like this. The and question that you have to ask yourself is, <clears throat> how will I make this situation better? Yeah. Like education. Right. I mean, that's all yeah, but like in the moment. Yeah. You're you like, don't if, go into that you thinking like, you're going to be yeah. Kyle Rittenhouse. I'm a hero. Yeah. Like <laughs> you didn't have to be there. You didn't yeah. have to be there and you shouldn't be there and you shouldn't have gone there. And it's – this is why businesses have insurance. Just let yeah. them fucking do it. Like please burn this place down. Oh jeez! Right. <laughs> I will rebuild better bro. and stronger. I could get a better starts, place. <laughs> starts riding, lights over here, like lighting. Isn't this your building? Shut up! Burn this holding one. Up all yeah. <laughs> Why are you doing that? Don't worry about it. Why do you have a balaclava on? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I. But yeah, I like to talk about stuff like that because I think it opens a, the floor for discussion and it, it it allows people to hear our perspectives on thing like that on things like that because. You know, you see guys within the gun community and, and there's a lot of people that are like, oh, yeah, they're all just like pro cop. You know, they all love Jocko Willink and David Goggins. And, you know, they, they have this preconceived notion of who you are. And, and I think they just have the blinders on. They're not taking everything into full perspective. Yeah. And I like I agree that this is a fucked up situation and those guys should be tried for the crime that they committed. Uh, but I don't agree with your actions going out and burning things either. Right. Like, I don't think that that Two solves. Two don't make a right. Yeah. Now, should you be outraged? Sure. Uh, you know, maybe write a letter to them if they weren't doing something about it. They are. Right. So, I don't know. I, I like to just talk about stuff like that because that's the world we live in today. You know, that's I, the wife was telling me something. You know, she's like, she brought up something about Biden earlier today. I was like, babe, you got to realize <laughs> We have statues. <laughs> Hold on. Let me backtrack. She's like, this world is just so fucked up. And I was like, yeah, it is. We live in a country where we have multiple statues of George Floyd. <laughs> that should say enough. This is a fucking clown world. Okay. Why do we have statues of that guy? I don't understand. I don't understand why we have statues of that guy. Why? Do you know why? Can you give me a reason why? Because we're making martyrs and uh, prophets or saints or whatever. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. Like, what happened, if if he wasn't on drugs, what happened was fucked up. Sure. Well, even to be a martyr, they <coughs> have to stand for something. Like, yeah. <laughs> pretty sure the only thing he stood for was meth. Yeah, they have, or they're making martyrs out of criminals. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah, martyrs out of criminals. Yeah. Now we're just going to make statues and 
that's the new norm now. Just fucking sucks. So that's why I'm over here worried about like, hey, can I lift heavier? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I don't live in that world. I'm not no, involved with those people. It's amazing how if you just kind of like don't follow the law and just do good things, do good things to people, like for whatever reason, it just doesn't happen. You mm-hmm. know, like I don't have to worry about that shit. Mm-hmm. The, the one thing that I'm I'm wondering and this isn't a judgment on them. It's literally like, I wonder what's going through someone's mind when they're having the snot kicked out of them. It's like, just lay there and put your hands behind your back. Like what is the, the mental mechanism in you? That's like, yeah. I, I mean, can't do that. But yeah. It's, well, I've had the snot kicked out of me before and it's really hard to decide to, should I block my face or should I put my hands behind my right. back? Yeah. Like, should I, cause I'm going to get one or two more and it's going to fucking hurt. It's probably well, going to knock me no, out. That makes sense. I mean, that in that situation, sense. cause I mean, it showed that they pulled him out. He was turning. <clears throat> it's like if he – and he had the opportunity to lay on it. But I could see the scaredness. But, you know, yeah, he could have just laid down. And, like, if it was me in that situation, like, and seeing all this shit, I'm going to lay down and I'm going to try to cooperate as fast and as efficiently as possible mm-hmm. so they have no reason to, like, beat me up. Because I'm sorry, but, like, I've gotten rocked in the face and, like, I don't want to do that again because they've got – batons and tasers and pepper spray and mm-hmm. firearms and you know what i just sounds like a bad day i'd rather just get you know thrown in the car with handcuffs right. and that's it <laughs> yeah that, that was one of the things i, I really kind of solic- got solicited in the academy is it's like look so for listeners like whatever happens like with the cops and stuff like just if you go to jail or whatever like that's that is what it is but like the whole like legal process from that point on is where you get your retribution or mm-hmm. your justi- justice mm-hmm. from the situation. <clears throat> so if you just like comply, I'm not saying just comply, but like in that yeah, like don't don't make the situation worse, worse. in the moment. Like give yourself yeah. more ammo. Yeah, because if for like even in evidence, like if they wrongfully search your car and come up with stuff and then they're like oh you have this in your car you're going to prison and then you get if you have a good lawyer i assume um when you get to trial you're like no like the the evidence becomes inadmissible because it wasn't obtained legally right i mean but that's in a perfect world right i mean there's who's to say that you're not going to get screwed and they're not going to uphold their own law Mm. Um, but that's how it's supposed to work is you know (laughs) even though you might have a dirty cop like the justice system on how those things went about being found should be uh, excused or, or not used in court. But at the same time, that's in the ideal world, right? So Yeah. We don't live in that. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So before we sign off on this podcast, Daniel, um, well, there's a couple of things. How can people get a hold of you? Where are you at? Um, where should they hit, hit you up if they have any questions? Yeah, so uh, we're located in Ontario, Oregon. We serve the Treasure Valley community area. Um, so we'll also be doing live fires down in the Boise area over at Parma, um, along with uh, the airsoft stuff in, uh, in Ontario. Um, so that's where we're at. And you can also look us up on our Instagram feed. That's where we just kind of post uh, random stuff, do announcements. Um, and then we also have a... a, a YouTube channel, which has just a myriad of hodgepodge of things that I just whatever I feel like throwing up on there, mm. and then uh, and then we have a website which no one ever visits, and I keep on paying for it for some reason. <laughs> hey, it'll get there, buddy. Right. So it's, look up Bonsai Tactics <coughs> in Phil's classes. Yeah, that's right. He's got lots of good information. Okay, dad joke. I got mine ready. Okay, Ben's got his ready. I was looking up mine. Do you have a dad joke, Daniel? Oh man, you, guys, sh- you guys go and all. Okay. All right. 
So I thought that the dryer was shrinking my clothes. It was actually the refrigerator. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Nice. Um, Okay, where is it? I don't have one. You can use a lifeline. Use a lifeline. Go ahead. I I had one, and I just lost it. Um, Hold on. I got things popping up on me. I got one here. Hold on. So those of you who want to be guests on here... Get your dad do- dad jokes ready. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. What does a storm cloud wear under its raincoat? What does a storm cloud wear under its raincoat? I don't know. That's a good one. Thunderwear. <laughs> <laughs> you should tell Leland that. She'd love it. <laughs> All right, Daniel. It's on you, man. Pressure's on. Uh, I don't have a joke, but I'll tell you what my, my son told us the other day. Okay. Right. So we're, we're in the car. My my daughter, she's like, hey, do you know what like, my favorite type of uh, lizard oh. is? She's like, it's Gila monster. And uh, my son just like has to like one-up her. And so in his little mind, this was just epic. He's like, he's like in the back of the car. He's like, hey, do you know what my favorite type of duck is? And we're like, what? Lance is like, it's a platypus. <laughs> 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 and it was how he said it was it wasn't a platypus it was a platypus yeah but then also you're like technically no but i'll let it i, I'll I let let it technically no but yes <laughs> i totally understand what right. you're saying you could right have now, been but... like you know what my favorite beaver is <laughs> platypus you're like also a good answer yes. <laughs> well the funny thing is is so like uh for those of you who don't know which is everybody is my wife uh crochets some really yeah. cool stuff oh yeah and so uh for for christmas she What's her business called? Uh, I believe it's Corey Makes Things, and that's K-O-R-I-E Makes Things. Go check it out. Yeah, Instagram. Right, Instagram all all day long. Uh, But, yeah, so she knit or crocheted, not knit. Oh, Oh, God. God damn it. You said it. That's right. You didn't come home, black eyes. (laughs) It's a good good thing she doesn't uh, knit because then she could stab me with those giant needles Dude, right. so she crochets it's a blunt little thing uh but no so she 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 stitched him a uh, a platypus for christmas <laughs> oh nice that's <laughs> pretty epic nice right on this is my favorite duck <laughs> my favorite duck all right well that was a good podcast yeah it's good got a little bit of insight on stuff got a little bit of background a little bit about what you're doing yeah. some dad jokes Good hopefully laughs. this helps you. Hopefully this, yeah. We hopefully we get some traction. Grow. Yeah. yeah. Well, I appreciate it. No, and and you guys came out and really supported our, our little event that we did, and it, it really does mean the world to me to have you know your guys' support to like yeah. just come along the the small guy and just lift him up. <laughs> and according to Elijah, he can lift me up really well. So, dude, I'm gonna hey, we're gonna find out. We're gonna find, find out. out. We're gonna this. film this. <laughs> we're gonna do a live. <laughs> I don't know about live. We're gonna film it. New pay per view. It's gonna make money. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna pay. I want him to hold me up like Simba. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know if I can hold you up like Simba, but I could definitely lift you up. I don't know about over my head standing. What about, like, Titanic? That's not, There's no weight. Uh, I'd just be supporting. <laughs> Daniel's all, like, holding his arms out, like, <laughs> like crosses his legs. We got legs. a little fan and blowing him in the wind. <laughs> I'd, I'd do it, too. I'd, I'd do it. His little hair in the front. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we're out of here. Never let go, Elijah. Never let go. <laughs> Say bye, Daniel. By name. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, peace. peace.